what do you mean? Where am I? What do you Where do you think I am? I'm I'm out. Of, I'm at the Los Angeles airport. I flew in. I well, I flew in to see you. It, it, hey, listen. Can we not debate this on the telephone? Because I, you know, I, I feel that I got a temperature and I'm I'm getting my my chronic Los Angeles nausea already. I don't feel so good. Well, where, wherever you want to meet, I don't care. I'll I'll drive in. I rented a car. I'm driving. That what do you? What is that, such a miracle? I'm driving myself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have the alfalfa sprouts and a plate of mashed yeast. everybody and welcome to the Dave Juskow podcast the nightfly we call it with me the host Dave Juskow how are you this September 3rd 2019 the day after Labor Day of 2019 getting everything going as Dave Juskow likes to do in September instead of January All right, let's get down to business. Now, I know, and I apologize, we uh, skipped a week. Let's just get this off and get going. We skipped a week uh, where I don't usually skip a week. Uh, I usually always skip a week, everybody knows, on Memorial Day and Labor Day, but I decided to skip a week, uh, the normal week that everybody skips, the the week before Labor Day, um, for really no good reason as uh i just said let's start the podcast fresh on september 3rd as you know although the jewish calendar says it's the new year i also feel not just as a jew but that it september is the new year and that and that's when i like to consider it a new year it's beautiful it's the fall the summer's over i can almost uh, go back to my uh, dieting clothes which are you know big sweaters and um it's just better. The football, the only thing I'm obviously worried about, as usual, is uh, uh, the dark. It getting dark at uh, 4.30. So, yes, that is an issue. But I will combat that when the time comes. Right now, we have a full month and a half before that happens or so. So everything is going to be okay with the world. And uh, as you know, for me, this is a, a, an amazing new year. Uh, what is it, 5749 in the Jewish calendar? But it's amazing, uh, September, because, you know, I, I am in uncharted territory. Um, as everybody knows who's been listening to this podcast forever, I haven't been out of a job for 20 years. So this is awkward. But exciting, too. And the worst part is that on Monday, uh, after this comes out, I'll have had to go to the unemployment office to show them my work to show them where I've been looking and where I've been interviewing. Now, that is, should be a show, since I haven't looked for work at all. And uh, 
I'm not trying to scam anybody. I talked to the lady and I said, and I said, listen, if you're serious about your diligency, why don't you talk to those two idiots that came in a half hour late to the class if you're really serious about finding somebody a job? And they're like, I know. We hate that. I mean, this lady was very nice. We got along very well. Uh, I'm, I am looking for a job, but just not, you know, in the, in the sense of uh, the normalcy of, of looking for work. And um, I don't know what's going to happen, and I, I really don't care. And, uh, you know, I just, I just have to move along my own, my own pace, right? I mean, that's what we all have to do. So um, I guess, you know, we're going to see what happens. But, that, but that, 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 we're not going to talk about that today. I mean, yes, all right, I'm a little uptight about it, yes, but uh, we're not going to, today's a, a fun day, it's the start of a new year, everything's going to be great. It's September 3rd, finally, football starts in two days, it's going to be amazing. I ended my football pool, but then I restarted it again with a whole other thing, and just people that make me happy, people I don't know for, even though through the years I've known them in the pool, that I don't really know them or I haven't met them or something, they're out. Only people that make me happy, anybody from the law firm is out, anybody that was a lawyer is out, anybody that is a lawyer is out, lawyers are the worst people on the planet, which you already knew that, everybody knows that, and they need to be stopped, and uh, that's a whole other story again, we're getting off track already, come on people, we gotta get, we gotta get underway with what we have to talk about, and we have so much to talk about today, this is gonna be the best podcast ever. I am just so sorry that we have been away for three weeks together. We had our last podcast. We had, we did our podcast with Olga. Then we did one, just you and I. And then I did the music, the, the WJUS show as a little experiment. I don't know whether you liked it or not. I mean, obviously, I'm just playing tunes out of my ass that I just like, oh, I'll play this one. It's a, just a complete eclectic mix that you'll never hear anywhere else. And I was just DJing. I had uh, I uploaded a, a thing so I could go from one song to the other, and I was having a good time. Uh, I probably should have paused and stopped more and talked about the album, but I, it was an experiment. And uh, I'm sorry if you if you didn't like it. Uh, you know, if you like the same kind of music I did, and I know there's a lot of you out there that do then maybe you enjoyed it. It was only 50 minutes. You couldn't go wrong. And for my money, it was perfect because it came out on Monday night, Tuesday morning in Los Angeles, and I was able to drive home with it back to Pasadena. Uh, and so I was completely enjoying it. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Uh, a little, little soundtrack music to go back. All this, hey, I love this song. Hey, I love this song. I mean, it was, <laughs> I forgot I had programmed it myself. But it was kind of fun to do. And it, like I said, it was just an experiment. The plan was to do uh, DJing of multiple ways. You know, we do the the classic DJ thing and then do uh, the, um, you know, like uh, like the Broadway one or something. And then, you know, or like, hey, everybody, you know, I don't know. I, I was just trying different things. But then I was like, nah, let's just keep it consistent. Because then if somebody doesn't like show to you, turn it. I mean, you might turn it off anyway. It's not it's you do whatever you got to do, you know, and that's uh, quite all right. But uh, anyway. Now we're back, and we're back for good up until uh, hopefully the uh, the David Dell Hanukkah uh, episode again. And uh, although I know we always say we just take off Labor Day and more, it, it depends on what what days of the week uh, are Christmas and New Year's. I think last year they both came on Tuesdays, 
So that was the issue there. But uh, we'll see. Anyway, that's not important. Again, that's way down the line. Um, today, I mean, um, I don't know. I've got a lot planned uh, ahead podcast-wise, and hopefully you will enjoy it the way I enjoy bringing it to you. It's funny. I hear I was talking to Carrie Caravis. I don't know if you know her. She's got this podcast that I've been on before called Too Old, Too Tired Twats, something like that. It's funny. And they're like, yeah, we're ending our podcast. And I'm like, well, why ending it? Everybody ends their podcast. Well, this one will never end. I will continue. Well, even after you stop listening, I'll probably continue. Like I said, I just enjoy bringing it to you. Uh, And when I don't, I guess I'll stop. But for the past five years, I have very much enjoyed speaking and talking uh, as I do uh, a mile a minute and about uh, topics that are stupid and uh, some that are relevant and fun and once in a while having a, a lovely guest on. And I will continue to do that. Again, I just don't care. I mean, this is like, this is a dream come true for me doing a radio show in my own apartment. That's all I've ever wanted. That's all I've ever done as a kid. You know, I used to have a microphone and my, my, the, the stereo I got from my bar mitzvah and just press the button so you could hear myself through the speakers. And that was my radio show. And I would talk like this. I mean, it wasn't like any other radio show. It was pretty much, you know, I'd play, uh, the only album I had was the Muppet movie soundtrack and, and the Barry Manilow Live. Again, uh, the fact that I'm not a homosexual is odd. Uh <laughs> You know, most people my age had Kiss albums and, and stuff like that. But uh, but then if you think about that, that's a little gay. So you know what? Screw you. But I would uh, have these DJ and then I'd have talking. And I'm like, so how's everybody doing out there? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was just um, I was just fascinated with uh, the way my voice, I guess, sounds in a speaker or headphones. And I still am to this day. And, and that's the story. That is the story. Now, the major story today, the first week of September of 2019, I can't believe it's going to be 2020 soon. We're in, we're in for a nice election. Oh, it's going to be good. Wow. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. I mean, come on. Is this exciting or what? I mean, things could really, whoo. Listen, I mean, how many times we got to say it? Find somebody to beat them, folks. Find somebody to beat him. Stop with the Russian stuff. Stop with the impeachment stuff. And this is all I said when I was out in L.A. Listen, dummies, you better find a better candidate than the ones you got now because he's going to win again and he's going to win big. You got nothing. You got nothing. Get Al Franken. Get him back. Make him run. I'll even change parties if Al Franken comes out. Al Franken is a good man. This uh, he, he should never have left. Have him apologize and come back. This is a guy that knows how to deal with the crazies, which no one else does. And that's why Donald Trump will deserve to win again, because if these guys can't handle a Donald Trump, how are they going to handle a Kim Jong-un or somebody like that if they cannot deal with the crazies? So you, your, your candidates of, of Democrats are horrible. Uh, Michelle Obama should come out and take one for the team. I would absolutely vote for her. I think she'd win on landslide. And as Dave Chappelle has said nonstop, uh, as I found out this weekend, he wants Jon Stewart to run, who would also win big. I would vote for him as well. 
But for right now, I see nobody I like. And uh, you better come up with something quick. If you don't want Donald Trump to win again, that's on you. Because you spend too much time with impeachment and all the other nonsense. When, remember, it's only four years in the, in the capsule of things. And you should spend all that time when you lose. You should spend four years trying to find a candidate to beat him four years later. Instead of all the nonsense that has done nothing. Has done nothing to uh, persuade any of his followers uh, any different. So uh, that is that is my uh, small take since I was out in Los Angeles. A lot of people are talking about that, obviously. And uh, that's, that's my rant. Find somebody to beat him. What are you going to do? You're wasting time. Better hurry. I don't think Biden's the guy. I don't think any of the candidates are. I mean, I'm sure they'll be fine. I don't mind. I would vote for uh, Elizabeth Warren or somebody like that, but uh, she ain't going to win. But it's going to be exciting either way to see what the next year brings us. Very exciting. See what happens to our great country and if we can make it greater or make it worse. It's all in your hands, people. I'm going to say it like Adam West would say it. It's all in your hands. People must understand someone has to win or America is in trouble. I uh, It's getting dark and I, I don't have a light. Uh, that's uh, Okay, listen, I'm all over the place. I haven't done a podcast in two weeks, right? So I'm all confused. Uh, we're back from L.A. L.A. was unbelievable. Uh, as you know, I hate going to Los Angeles. I hate flying. I don't like leaving my apartment. Uh, It has nothing to do with Los Angeles or anything. But I and you will be so glad I went. I did the right thing by spending the money and going out there. Because let me tell you, as you know, I went out for Sarah Silverman's legendary yearly rooftop party that used to be a rooftop party for Sarah Silverman and a co-hosted birthday party for Dave Juska. But now it is this other entity, which is unbelievable. I I can't, I mean, I've described it to you before, but it's just, it's so epic that, you know, the, 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 when I left there that day, I said, this was totally worth coming to New York. And let me tell you something. As soon as I got back, as soon as I get to L.A. on Thursday, I'm like, I'm bored. I'm lonely. I'm depressed. And, you know, I'm just here for the party. I'm here for the party. And then I get nervous about the party. And then I go to the party. And then so much amazing stuff happened, which you guys are not going to believe when I tell you. I mean, I mean, these stories are legendarily epic. If you've listened to this podcast with any consistency, I have something that is going to blow your mind. So many things that are going to blow your mind from this trip, and we're going to get to it in a second. But let's start from the beginning, shall we? In Los Angeles, um, the day before, oh, (laughs) this is great. The day before I left. Now, normally, working Dave Jessica would not have gone out hours before he has to fly. 
Or maybe this was the day before. This must have been my birthday on Tuesday. But I actually went out Wednesday night as well. But my birthday on Tuesday, the 13th of August, I went down to this. Now, I first I celebrated at midnight with Alga and Ryan DeCalis, who is the wonderful guy who uh, puts all these shows together that he lets me perform on at these clubs. And I'll tell you something. Without this kid... Uh, I could not have opened for Sarah or done any of this stuff. So he's really helped me a lot. And he's from my uh, hometown of New Jersey. He's a terrific guy. So we went out drinking that night and they helped me. These two helped me celebrate. And we had a really good time. And uh, then the next night, it was Olga's birthday on the third, you know, turning midnight. So then we went to the Soho house and helped her celebrate her birthday. And then I walked her home and went to the cellar and I saw David Tell. So we decided to go to the diner, and he said, listen, I'm meeting. I told these girls to meet us. These uh, One of them's doing like my artwork or something, and they might meet us. And it was me, Etel, and this guy, Lu, I think, is it Louis Katz? Louis Katz. Louis, 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 it's Louis Katz. L-O-U-I-S Katz, but I don't think it's Louis Katz, so it's weird. Anyways, great guy, good comic. And we're having dinner, and the three girls join us. Now, one of them, the one that Atel bought, is gorgeous. I mean, really pretty. She just got her braces off. It's so weird. She's like 30, and she had really bad teeth. Like she was telling us about, it. like one one of her teeth were going through her skull, like like Lisa Simpson in the in the Simpsons, you know. Uh, uh, in those the the picture book of uh, bad British teeth book, you know, or something. It was that bad. So she just she had braces on for six years, and she looked great. She was hot, and she was dressed in a short dress, and and she was sexy. Then she had two other friends with her. One was very nice, which was wearing these overalls, and she was nice. It turns out she's a Somalia, and she knew my friend Vincent, and we took a picture. I sent it to Vincent, and he goes. Yeah, I know her. She's been wearing those same overalls for 20 years, which was kind of funny. But the third one was annoying. I actually recorded some of her annoyingness, but I had forgotten about it until just now. Um, This girl was horrible. She was mean and nasty. She looked weird and saying horrible things. Uh, Just a nasty person. But yeah, I let it go. I know she'd been drinking. It was no big deal. Didn't truly bother me. But in my mind, I said... I know this girl. I know her from somewhere, but that's impossible. How could that be? And I'm like, I have seen this girl somewhere. I'm eating or we're having dessert, whatever. She's doing whatever she's doing. I don't, I'm not thinking about it again. But I'm looking at her, I'm looking at her hair. And I'm like, I've seen this ridiculous haircut before. Where have I seen this before? Where have I met this woman before? Her hair looks so stupid. Then she told me she was a hairdresser, and then it hit me. And when I got outside, I said to her, you're friends with this other girl. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, but like two or three years ago when I was doing the Godfather show, I invited this girl and her friend to the show and called them out or called her out because even though I liked her and you know we were kind of dating I was upset because she didn't offer to pay for anything. Offer. 
offer. I would have paid for her completely, but there was one particular, in, and it happened before because I took her to see Dear Evan Hansen. And I took her to see Dear Evan Hansen. I took her to dinner. Uh, we went to a bar after, and she didn't even offer to leave the tip that day, you know, when I gave her money for cab fare. I let all that go. But then the second time she bought a friend, yeah, I got her into the show, and then she's like, yeah, we're going to go. And then just didn't, and didn't just say, are you good or something that would reflect you're not taking advantage of me. And I called her out on the podcast and her stupid friend who I couldn't believe she was a hairdresser because she has stupid hair. And I called them out on the podcast and that girl texted me and has never spoken to me again because she heard the podcast. She goes, I'm sorry, maybe I'm a little too immature. I don't know, you know, I'm just this one. I don't know anybody. And she's like, you know, ban me from everything, even though she was so pretty. Many times I've actually tried to like follow her again and I can see she will unfollow me instantly and I can't blame her because that was, I guess, me what I did. But she was so pretty, I, uh, you know, I could let it go. But it was her friend, the really annoying one that day, which made it so bad, which made it worse because I'm like, why are you friends with this girl? How is this girl a hairdresser? This is the worst hair I've ever seen. And it was this girl. Again, at the diner. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I know you. Now, she didn't know. Now, thank God, she no longer talks to this girl either. This girl, she told me she cut her out of her life, so she doesn't know anything about what I said about her on the podcast, and she'll never know. There's no way she's going to listen to this. She's going to remember her name. She's always drunk. But it was so funny. Then I told the tell, I called them after we left. I'm like, you're not going to believe who that girl is. And it was just, she's like, yeah, she cut us out of her life. I mean, I guess she did that with everybody, but it wasn't my fault. This girl's clearly crazy, but so is this other one. I mean, I don't know how you're a hairdresser and you look like this. And that's what I said about her on the podcast too. And it's so funny. I run into her again. Thank God she never heard the podcast. Or maybe that, maybe she did. That's why she was so mean, but she's a very nasty person. She's not very nice. And uh, I don't know what her deal is, but I couldn't even believe that it was happening. And I'm like, you're friends with that girl. You know, I thought she was, I, I thought she was going to remember everything, but everything was fine. And then she cooled off a little bit because I guess, you know, we knew some of the same people and she had the same in, uh, incident with her. So then we left on perfect terms. What an interesting evening that was. I knew I would run into that girl. I mean, the odds of running into that girl rather again would be so strange. I mean, oh, she's so horrible. I mean, really just not cool. I hope I don't run into her again, but I bet if she's in these other circles, it's just weird. She keeps coming to comedy clubs. I, I think she hates comedy. I guess not a classic story because, you know, we're, I, I, I set up so many things uh, because of that. So uh, I don't know, but I'll tell you, on the way out to the, the plane... And I went out, you know, at night and I and I, I, I stayed up all night and I went out a little bit because this is new, Dave Jessica, you know, I don't have to just sit inside and stuff. And I had packed already and I came home for an hour and then I went to the airport and I had ended up sitting next to this. I don't know what it's good. It's not make a wish, but this woman and this kid, they sat next to me and this woman was just such an asshole. And she's like, no, this kid is from the make a wish foundation. She, so she she not make a, it's something. I guess they were going to Disneyland and all she kept saying was like, no, this kid needs her bag because she might have epilepsy on the flesh. She's talking to the stewardess. And I'm like, why are you telling everybody? I mean, what do you got to embarrass this kid for? No, she might have an epileptic fit. You never know. She needs her bag. They're like, you were just telling you to put it up for the thing. And then when she, she can put it on her, relax. 
Oh, it was a horrible lady. He's a horrible lady. Like, oh, I, I didn't know we get a meal. Is this going to be all right? Is this, I, Oh, my God. It was, it was the worst person to sit near. She was just absolutely horrible. And I felt bad for this little girl. I was almost going to be like, do you want to, you know, if, if I wasn't creepy, I would have been like, do you want to, like, you want me to call the cops or something? This lady's an asshole. But they seem, I, I just keep trying my light because I, I, I'm having trouble. It's getting dusk and I can't see anything. I mean, I can, so it's all in big letters. I write stuff on my phone so I'll remember and then I just print it out. Like I write, like I have one of those phones that you can take a pen and, and write stuff like, you know, like those old Palm Pilots or something from the old days. Um, anyway, I get to LA and I immediately see Esther Koo, our, our old arch nemesis, who now we're like best friends. And I see her and, uh, you know, couldn't be happier to just meet somebody uh, for a little lunch. And, uh, you know, I think we immediately got a little high. Of course, she gets, she loves getting high. And then we just walked around a little bit and uh, there was like a place giving away free shots of gin, like right down this strange street. And then and, and we did shots. I'm like, yeah, I guess I keep, you know, I keep always saying, I'm like, oh, I, I got to just relax when I'm here, but I'm, I'm, vac- I'm on a permanent vacation. So I can't say I'm on vacation, but it was all right. You know? And then I was just like, I just didn't have any other plans. You know, I just didn't, I didn't make plans and you, you know, the reason why, right? You know, I'm going to tell you the story again. I'm going to tell you the story again. I might've told it before. I'm going to tell you the story again of the reason why I didn't make any plans and why sometimes I get nervous to make plans when I'm in Los Angeles. So I'm going to tell you this story. And uh, again, I don't know whether I ever told it to you, but this is a legendary story. So many times when I would go out to LA or all the time, you know, Sarah's my best friend there. So we hang out a lot. And she doesn't drink. She gets high, but she doesn't, she doesn't drink. And, you know, she doesn't understand drinking. And sometimes I, I like to drink. And she doesn't go out. She basically stays in a lot, just, you know, eats and, and whatever. And we just, she's, and, you know, basically the whole night is like, hey, do you want to watch me scrub my face? And I'm like, yeah, sure. What am I doing? I'm doing nothing. I mean, we do other stuff, but, you know, it's like sometimes I just want to go out and sometimes that she wants to end the night. So one time, and I don't know how many years ago this was, although I guess you can, um, you could look it up online what year this would be. Um, I finally said, she goes, do you want to come back and, you know, watch me scrub my, and I go, no, you know what? I'm going to go out on my own. You know what? I don't need you. I don't always have to be around you. I'm going to go out drinking. I'm going to have a good time on my own. So I guess I was in some sort of mood, like I wasn't having a good time there, that she was regulating me. And I was just like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go off on my own tonight. How about that? And she's like, yeah, I don't care. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's right. I'm going to go drinking by myself at a bar. Something you don't understand. So you know what? You just have a good time washing your face, and I'm going to be partying. You understand? Because you're not the boss of me. I don't know why I was feeling that way, but that's the way it was. I said, yeah, I'm going out. She's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So the next day, Lindsay Lohan lives lived in her building, and I'd met her before, one of her parties before, so I knew she lived there and. Boy, is she pretty in person. And um, so the next, so I went out drinking. It, it was just an okay night. It, I probably would have had a better time with Sarah, but, you know, the I think I just went to a bar by myself. And I'm like, yeah, screw her. You know, I mean, we're having a good time too <laughs> from Casino. 
Looks like they're having a good time. Yeah, we're having a good time too. Anyway, the next day, she calls me up and she goes, you know, doing a tells joke pretty much. Should have hung out, man. Five minutes after you left. That's a tells joke. Five minutes. Everything happens five minutes after you left. The party van with midgets and strippers and balloons came by. That's not what happened. She goes, I go, what'd you do last night? She goes, oh my God. It was unbelievable. I'm like, yeah, right. She goes, no, no, no. You don't understand. I got a call from Lindsay Lohan's girlfriend, which is what Samantha Ronson, I think her name was, right? And she goes, she's she's acting up. Can you come over and bring one of your guy friends? Because I can't restrain her. Can you bring one of your guy friends over too? So we can, you know, we got to, she keeps running out. She keeps threatening to leave and run out, run away. And so, you know, she's telling me this. She goes, Jessica, you weren't around. So I called Tall John and I told him to come over quickly. And we went downstairs and he was trying to restrain her, but she kept trying to make out with him. And then they were making out. And then, you know, we just came up here or whatever. And we calmed her down. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what, Sarah? You will go to any length to just, I, I, I mean, just because, you know, I went off by myself. And you'll stop at nothing to make me feel foolish because I didn't hang out with you. This ridiculous made-up story. They actually asked you to bring a guy over to restrain. the stupidest story I've ever heard. Nice try, Jerkoff. And, and then um, the next day, I saw it on TMZ. So it was a real story. So uh, ever since then, <laughs> my my mouth, my jaw was open when she was telling me it before I realized she must be kidding. As if it, it was the, the jaw opening uh, of uh, disbelief. Yeah, she, she started baking out with him. Of, of like when our mother told us that when she bought the house we lived in, that there was a pool and and. and a built-in pool that she uh, had the cement trucks fill it in with cement. And I mean, my sister's jaws dropping that, what? <laughs> we could have had a pool? You fucking, wow. Yeah, I just filled it in with cement. Eh, I don't think we needed a pool. Uh, it was that kind of disbelief because that, that story's sick. I mean, that's crazy that that could have happened. That, that, that doesn't add up at all. But it happened. And so from then on, I've never made plans. I get nervous making plans unless she's not going to be in town because I'm going to miss out. You think you got fear of missing out? That's a pretty big fear of missing out. So I didn't make any plans. I mean, I knew I had the party on Saturday. I didn't make any other plans. What am I doing? So I really just didn't have any plans. So I went to my friend Beth Tapper. She got a couple of kids. I hung out with her for a little bit. And I saw my friend William to pick up the keys. And then... I just hang out with those guys. I'm like, oh, I'll have dinner with these guys. And they took me to an all-you-can-eat sushi place, which I was so thrilled to go. And I said, now you guys are going to see something. Now you're going to see some real eating. What all-you-can-eat is all about. This town has never seen the likes of Dave Juskow. Even though I'm not in my prime. I'm going to take advantage of this all-you-can-eat sushi. I've been waiting for this for a long time. I don't think they have those places here in the city, and if they do, nobody will go with me. So I bring these two, you know, William and um, and Alex, and, you know, and they're, and they're the best. And, uh, you know, we order the, the first order. It's complicated there because when you order one piece, it's two pieces, whatever. But, you know, we're just ordering like crazy because it's awesome, and everything seems to be fair game, and, 
I got a salad and everything, and it was great. We had the first round. I'm like, this is awesome. What are we doing for the next round, fellas? And they're like, all right, we'll take it down a bit, and we'll just get what we want. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. And we had the second round. And then I'm like, all right, how's this third round going to go? They're like, no, we're done. And I'm like, no, you can't be done. You can't be done. We got to finish the thing of paper. It has like three rounds. And then if we want a fourth one, you know, they, they, you have to get us a new piece of paper or you got to like go off the paper. That's what you want when you want all you can eat. And they have a deal. If you don't eat it, you got to pay for what you left over. I think that's completely fair. Can't just take it home. Got to pay for it. Fair enough. So you don't overorder. Um, so they're like, well, we're just going to go. And I'm like, what? What? No, 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 no. You're going to sit right there. You're going to watch me finish eating. They're like, well, we're just going to go and we'll, we'll come back. And I'm like, no, no, no. No. You knew what you were getting into when we said all oh, you can eat. You've seen what my body looks like in a towel from crashing. You're going to sit here and you're going to wait until I, am, I have decided that that's all we can eat. And quite frankly, after the third round, I was pretty full, but I really wanted to go that fourth round so she would have had to go on the side. And I probably would have if they didn't rush me. I don't know what they were in a rush for. You go in on all you can eat. You got two hours to do all you can eat. What's what's the rush? What, what are we rushing home for? Who the hell are these guys? What are they doing? Yeah, we're going to take off. What kind of matters is that? I mean, I let them do whatever they want because, you know, I'm staying with them. But that ain't cool. You got to sit there and watch me eat. And let me tell you something. I'm talking to Joe Messina's daughter. I finished. I didn't leave anything over. I finished it all. There was no bones. I ate it all. I should have just gone for sashimi. That way I wouldn't have filled up on rice. Ooh, I'll play it that way next time. Yeah, right. That's probably a smarter bet. Then you can just keep on ordering. And then, yeah, you get two hours. They kept filling up my iced tea. So I, or was it soda? What was I drinking? I don't remember, but it kept filling me up. Oh, I did it all wrong. Next time I'll go in there, I'll do it right. And if I'm not going in with those guys. I mean, how can I go in with guys that just want to leave? If you go over all you can eat, you got to be prepared for sitting there for two hours. What are they doing? Well, we got to work the next day. It's 7 o'clock. It was early. We went there at like 6 o'clock at night. Everybody relax. Now, the good news is these guys, um, Alex, is uh, he saw the movie King of Kong, you know, which we love, which is the uh, the video of the, the, the Donkey Kong, you know, thing between Billy Mitchell and uh, that other kid whose name escapes me now, Steve Wiebe. And so uh, we were telling William about it. We're like, oh, you got to see it. So we actually went home and we watched that. I was like totally excited to watch it again. I hadn't seen it in a long time. It was fun to watch with somebody who hadn't seen it before. And it, it is very entertaining. And today when I'm taping this, me and Joe and and, and our friend Caitlin, we went to Barcade. And we just go there sometimes to play video games at lunchtime and eat. And we ran into this guy, Jimmy Linderman, who is the Mr. Do champion of all time, on Twin Galaxies, and he was there, and Joe got so excited. He was he was so excited. He knew this guy because Joe is the Mr. Do champion. You know, he, he's very good at Mr. Do, but nobody's as good as this guy, and he loves him, and he's like, you know, can you introduce me? I'm like, well, I don't know him either, but I'll make the introductions, and I did, and he was like, like the time I met Martin Short and I started to cry, that's the way Joe was with this guy, Jimmy Linderman, which was hilarious. And then we watched him get a million points. I recorded it on Mr. Do. We watched him for a half hour. We just watched him play, which was actually unbelievable. We were never bored. As And the counter rolls over. 
So what this guy usually does is he goes to the machine, puts 999,050 points on it, so it sticks, so he always has the high score, which is the most you can get without it turning over. But he's turned it over six times. He's got six million points on this Mr. Do game. It's unbelievable. And watching him work, it's like watching a surgeon, you know, do something. Because really, it is it is a skill. It's a ridiculous skill. But may, I think he's might maybe made some money from it. So then it's just as good as Fortnite or anything else. It's just an unfortunate skill that nobody cared about in the 80s. And now you can actually make millions of dollars from a skill like that. So that was quite impressive. And that was uh, back here in New York City. So again, I didn't have any plans in L.A. I, uh, I went to bed still having no plans. I kept calling Sarah. She was sick. She wasn't feeling well. So I, I didn't see her until Saturday. And every morning I'd wake up with no plans and then I'd make plans. So I met my friend Steve Charlotte, who you know I wrote my, uh, all my scripts with and stuff. My writing partner who I love very much. And I met him at Arts Deli, which I'd never been to before in the Valley. And I had some scrambled eggs because, you know, out there you can get actual scrambled eggs, which you cannot get in New York City. I talk about this all the time. You can get a scramble with some mix and it's actually scrambled eggs. It's not an omelet that they just beat up. It's actually, I don't know why we've talked about this before. It's not interesting. It's just thing. And I got cottage cheese. I don't know why instead of potatoes, uh, he was disgusted and impressed at the same time and lots of coffee. And that was really terrific. And then again, I just had nothing planned after he had to go because he is a very dedicated, organized writer. So he's like, yeah, I got to go home and write. I got to go home and work. So then he'll he'll take her. He'll wake up at five in the morning, write from five to nine, take a break five or whatever, and then work from 11 to four just writing because that's his job. He's a writer very impressive the discipline that he has to do that which i don't have at all i sat down the first day after i got fired i wrote a couple of things i haven't written anything since i mean i've been busy but i'm sure i could fit in some time instead of watching tv but i haven't been watching that much tv because i have been out and about so that makes me feel a little bit better and so then i went to see my friend heidi who we worked on this John Adams show with for a long time and I'd never been to her house before and boy is it something else it's in a this gated community in Tarzana and it was it was beautiful but I was like sleepy and tired and bored and you know I just had an okay time with her and she's annoying I mean she's really nice but she's trying to get her daughter into college and it's like too much like I don't think she does anything else but concentrate on getting her daughter into college and I guess there's a lot of moms like that but I don't know what her problem is. The kid has a 4.0. I mean, I know it's really difficult to get into school these days. But I just feel the I feel like they're going about it all the wrong way. I don't know why. I feel like it's easy. If you have a personal interview, talk to somebody. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I know my sister's been going through it, but I haven't seen her go crazy. Or, you know, they just they go to college just like everybody else. But they're not crazy like this girl. I think that's all she has in her life. She's getting divorced. So she's like really pushing this kid. And then she's going to, I don't know what she's going to do when the kid actually leaves for school. It's a good kid. And she wants to go to Northwestern. That's where she's from. I'm like, you can't get her in as a legacy? Everybody knows that from Animal House. That doesn't make any sense. It seems like if you went there, you should at least have a a, a leg up if that's where the kid wants to go. You ever seen The Blind Side? But you didn't ask me the right questions. I want to go because that's where my family went. I'm doing a horrible imitation of that uh, big mic from The Blind Side, but... 
So then I went to the pot store because it's exciting. You know, the one I went to last time because you can go in there. You know, I mean, you can go in there. It's, it's, it's totally legal because I wanted to buy this uh, this one brand of, of already rolled stuff and they, and they didn't have it. And I left without purchasing anything because I'm like, look, I came in here for one thing. You guys don't have it. What the hell's going on here? But boy, it sure is exciting going into that store. But I, there was nothing I wanted, and you know, I don't want to. I don't. I don't smoke that much anymore. I just like to take it from. The, I like to have it, and I ran out of something, and they don't have. They don't like. Oh, I don't make that anymore. Something I don't know. It was annoying, but it certainly is cool. You just you can pay with your credit card. It's well, that one was said cash only, but still, it's a miracle. I just can't believe that I. That happened in my lifetime. I mean, seriously, that's one of those things. I think we're all thinking that. I can't believe it. I mean, it certainly hasn't happened here. But it really is amazing. So then, again, I I had no other plans. I was, you know, so I went to my friend Beth Tapper's. I had dinner with her and her kids, which was nice. And Mitch, you know, Mitch Watson from Kung Fu Panda and uh, was he from DreamWorks, I think? We had him on the podcast. Uh was that last year two years ago and uh you know they're cool the kid I was making the kids all crazy they were having a good time we're running around and uh but I oh my god I had I had diarrhea from I just couldn't for one more second I couldn't handle it so I had to go in their house which I felt horrible but I think it just it just can't everything was fine I, you know, I just, uh, nerves, oh, you can eat sushi, the cottage cheese, coffee, you know, it, it, I was due. But then it was all, everything was good. I thought it was going to be the end of the night, but it wasn't. Everything was good. Everything was like, the whole thing never happened. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And uh, so I had a whole night there, but then I I continued and I called Esther Kuig and I said, you know, I can meet you if you want, if you want to have a drink. And we met at this place down in Koreatown which I know sounds racist because she's Korean, but she suggested the place. And um, I think she got a little drunk. And then she's like, hey, let's go to this place where they have this awesome ice cream. They're open till midnight. I'm like, And I'm like, what? And uh, she's like, yeah, yeah, we'll go to this ice cream place. And I'm like, I don't trust her because I'm like, I think she's a little too drunk. But I'm following her in the car. Like, and I'm like, she, she doesn't know where she's going, but she did. And we ended up going to this ice cream. It was pretty good. I got to say it was pretty good. And then we went back to her place because, you know, I was helping her with some uh, uh, dialogue. For, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. But I was helping her with some lines. She was auditioning for uh, NCIS. And um, I think I, I think I could be a good acting teacher. I think I, I gave her some stuff. She called me uh, the next day and said, oh, my, the audition was great. And that thing you told me to do, they really liked it. I think I enjoy doing that. I really do enjoy working with actors. It's just like, I wouldn't mind being an acting teacher, but you know what happens when you're an acting teacher. It's like, you look like a jerk off. It's like being a comic teacher. You know, it's just like, I enjoyed doing it, but then, you know, you failed. I mean, I probably have more credits than most acting teachers I know, besides the uh, great Larry Moss, besides him. Um, I probably have more acting credits than most of the uh, acting teachers out there, ironically. So technically I could do it, but I really do enjoy it. I like going over it and saying, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? 
I do that with Sarah a lot when she's working on a movie or something. I think I'm helpful. Anyway, then uh, I remember I knew that it was uh, Olga's big night at the in Long Island at Governor's. So I was like really, you know, like dying to know what happened. And apparently everything went really well. And I was concerned. And I was just like, is everything cool? How did it go? And she's like, it was great. Everything went good. And of course, I'm like, of course it did. And Elon opened for her, our good friend uh, Elon Altman, who I had at the uh, Comedy Cellar thing. So... Yeah, I'll get I'll get to that in a second. Why don't we um, Why don't we just get to Saturday? Because I think that's what we're all waiting for. I don't know why I waited so long. I was doing everything by the book. Okay, the party. I get there. I get there. Oh, I always get there early. I'm the first one to get there, and the last one to leave. I get the place. I watch her put on a. You know, she has a makeup guy that comes in, but you know, it's all set. We got the bar, you know, she, she has an assistant that sets everything up. She The thing is sponsored by Red Bull as usual. Everything is all set. I'm ready to party. And remember my plan. The plan is only alcohol and in moderation, no pot. The combination will be unsuccessful. And this year, I am not going to fuck it up. And let me tell you, folks, I was successful. It was perfect. As soon as I went there, I got a drink. I got, what did I have? I had a, there was a very handsome bartender. I kept talking about him all night. I'm like, oh, you mean the handsome fellow? Like Sarah's nieces were there, and they're, I was like, uh, oh, you guys want to get a drink? Oh, let's wait till that bartender gets off his break uh, again. Because <laughs> They're like, are you gay? And I'm like, well, no, he's good looking, though. Seems like a nice guy. I just want to be friends with him, hang around him, you know. Like, yeah, it's my friend. Look at him. he's great looking. Um, I think I was drinking bourbon. I was asking for Jack and Coke, but they didn't have that because they only have whatever selection Red Bull decides. Because Sarah doesn't know about drinking. You know, we talked about this before. So I think it was bourbon and ginger ale, and that's what I was drinking. All was that what it, or was it Coke? I don't remember, but that's what I was drinking, and I drank it very carefully. So I had one drink. And then I think I got a second one later, like an hour later. So I had one drink to loosen up, you know, and then the party just started. We got up there at 8.05 and it just started. Now, let me just explain again. If you listen to Mark Marin's podcast this week or last week, rather, it would be uh, with Patricia Clarkson, who's his guest. The lovely Patricia Clarkson is a really talented actress. Um, If you listen to the beginning, he explains how great this party is. Uh, Not only does he explain that, but he also mentions me. He said, oh, I saw Dave Juskow. He goes, goes, yeah, I saw Larry David, Diane Keaton, and Dave Juskow. It was unbelievable. I'm telling you, when I heard it, I couldn't even believe my ears. But the way he talks about the party, if you listen to his first 15 minutes of his show, the way he talks about it, maybe you'll get a glimpse, even though I can give you most of the glimpse, but I'm lesser than he is. You know what I'm saying? And he says, you know, this is a very difficult party for me. And it's the same way with everybody. Jeff Ross said the same thing. It's just you have to understand, even for people that are established, like Mark Marin, who has, you know, one of the top, the top 10 podcasts in the country. 
and is very successful and had, you know, Obama on, when it comes to this party, he gets excited and fanboyish and shy and it's really funny. And it's not just him. Everybody gets a little intimidated at this party. It is unbelievable. I mean, it has just become this A-list of, it's like there used to be a guy named Swifty Lazar who would throw an after Oscars party that was legendary. Well, this is just as good as Elton John's after Oscar party or the Vogue after Oscar party, whatever those amazing parties are. I didn't put my uh, airplane mode on again and I got distracted. Damn it. Sorry about that. Um, It's very distracting. Uh, Anyway, whatever those parties are, this is just as good for comedy purposes. We are talking about anybody that's involved with comedy acting or stand-up comedy in the past 50 years is at this party. It's like it would be like if you had Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin and Abbott and Costello all at one party. Well, this is it for this, for us, for now. And it is intimidating, and it's it's um, it's amazing that this one girl who doesn't really party at all has this unbelievable party. Somebody who's kind of a shudder, she's shy, she stays indoors, to have this and be known for this unbelievable, beautiful party on a beautiful rooftop in Los Angeles, it's, it's a miracle. So the first person I meet is Monica Lewinsky. That's right. Sarah immediately introduces me. She's like, you got you to gotta meet Monica because then, you know, she was supposed to move into my building many years ago. We talked for a while. She looked really pretty. She's very nice, obviously. You know, what's she going to be? Why would, you, why would she be at that party? She wasn't nice. Uh, you know, she shouldn't be. She's not part of the comedy world, but, uh, well, in a way, but uh, she was very nice. And that is just, you know, after I met her, I mean, it's just like, can I just do the podcast now? Can we just start doing the podcast now? She was very nice and uh, just, you know, how funny is that? And everybody's like, you should start dating her. And there, there would be nothing funnier than me dating Monica Lewinsky. Like, well, who were, who'd you date before Juskow? Oh, the president of the United States. Not, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's a, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> and then David would be like, who, who did you date before Audrey? I'm going to, if she's listening, please don't. It just your name has sounded funny, so please don't get upset with me. <laughs> um, it was just a joke, but uh, <laughs> you know you don't hear that name very often anymore. Anyway, so I mean, but this is the so I, I, I can tell you the people who were there, but I'm just going in order of the people that I met and spoke to. So then the next person I meet, so I basically bump into Sarah and say you need to introduce me to one person for each party. And this time I used up my card. I mean, I could do it multiple times, but I always say, just one person. We didn't even say it before, but I'm like, listen, you got to introduce me. And she's really good about it. She doesn't say like, well, don't be stupid. No, she's really nice and kind. You know, it's a great party. She knows all I'm cool. So um, it was just that Martin Short thing that was a problem because <laughs> I was hammered that day. Uh, Rob Reiner. I said, Rob Ryan is sitting right there. Introduce me. He's there with his wife and kid. And she goes, oh, he just said 
that this rooftop looks like the end of Spinal and the end of I know exactly what he's doing. So I, I was like right on board, and she goes, "Oh, well, you can talk about that." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's what I'm talking about." So then she introduces me, and I'm like, "Oh my God, hello! It's a, a great to meet you." I was just talking about that. This suit looks like the end of the the end of the tour trip in L.A. when they're talking about Saucy Jack. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the Jack the Ripper musical. And he goes, yeah, but it, it's not. It looks like I thought it was so. But this isn't the spot. He goes, no, no, we filmed it down the street. I mean, can you, can you, what? I'm talking to Rob Reiner about Spinal Tap? You, if that's not worth the price of everything I paid on that plane, then nothing is. It's a goddamn miracle. I'm talking to Rob Reiner about fucking Spinal Tap. Rob fucking Reiner about Spinal Tap. We're talking about goddamn Spinal Tap. It's unbelievable. I don't even remember what else we said. We talked for like five minutes. I, I can't remember anything else. I was like, I just talked to Rob Reiner about Spinal Tap. One of the greatest movies ever made. Definitely a Dave Jones got top four. You know, the only other thing would be interviewing Amy Heckerling for Clueless. Then it's Rob Reiner for Spinal Tap. Maybe. Uh, what, 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 what? Coppola, you know, for The Godfather, right? You got those, yeah. So those three. Isn't it funny that Amy Heckling's out there? But Rob Reiner, what? Oh, my God. So then I'm like, well, this party is dope, as the kids say. This party is over. I'm done. And, and, and I was right by Larry David. He was just sitting there, totally accessible, standing right there. And I could have met him, too, because he was right by. And I just, I didn't, I, I was, I couldn't do it. It was too much. I didn't want to ask Sarah again because I had just done a, and so it either had to happen organically or it wasn't going to happen. I can picture it in my mind exactly where they were sitting. They were kind of right by the door where you enter. I think Larry just got accosted as soon as he got in, so he never got to move any further into the party. Uh, but, yeah, Larry David's there. Everybody's in awe of him. Even Jeff Ross said, he's like, oh, my God, I, I got his number. I couldn't believe it. I got his number. I couldn't, like, Jeff Ross, who, you know, knows everybody and is a celebrity guru, he was... He told me the next day, he's like, I, I, I couldn't believe it either. I couldn't believe I was talking to him. I guess he finally gave me his number. I couldn't believe it. His girlfriend drew a picture of him, so she got to sell him. You know, if you have some sort of in that you can talk to somebody about, it's even better. And that's when I saw Mark Marin, and I couldn't believe you. I was so happy to see him. I hadn't seen him in so long. And I guess that's why he mentioned me too, because it was really nice to see him. And I hadn't seen him in such a long time. And, uh, you know, we have a, a sordid history together, so... We've been through life and death together. Uh, but that was great, and I was so happy that he mentioned me, too. And Todd Barry was there because he mentioned him, too. And I was glad Todd was there. And Marina was there. Marina Franklin, who I told to come, like, yeah, got to come to the party. You got to come to the party. She did what I did, just came and went to the party. But she's paranoid about a whole bunch of stuff. But I know she had a good time. She's so stupid. So Conan O'Brien was there because he couldn't miss him because he's the tallest person of all time. So I went over to him because Marina knows him, and I, you know, shook his hand with Marina. So then Marina and I are talking at this one level. I wish, see, in my mind, I can picture where everybody's standing in my head. It's it's engulfed in my brain, but I can't describe it to you really. But we're on this like little upper level of the roof. Everything's beautiful, perfect weather. It was a little cold at first, but once everybody's coming, it's it's totally. You're not even thinking about it, and. Marina and I are talking, and Albert Brooks comes over and starts talking to us. Albert Brooks. You heard me correct, folks. And he's like, and we're talking, we're like, how are you, you know? And he's like talking about getting back into comedy. And I'm like, you have to get back into comedy. You owe it to everybody. Everybody wants you. He goes, I don't know. 
And I'm like, no, you got to do it because he's like, I'm worried because people are, fo- you know, what happened to Louie and people are taking their phones and recording. I'm like, look, you know Jeff Ross, right? And he goes, yeah. Can you believe I'm having this conversation with Albert Brooks that we're just talking like I'm talking to you? And I go, you know Jeff Ross, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, you, Jeff Ross, the king of the comedy store. You call him up, tell him you want to, you know, try out material. They'll make, I promise you, the comedy store will make sure everybody's phone is put away so you can do comedy. Everybody wants it. They want you to do something. They want you to do whatever you want to talk about. You're a fascinating guy, and you're you're a legend. Instead, of you were doing stuff before anybody was doing anything. Uh, it, 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 this is what I'm saying for real. There's even a photograph because Sarah had a photographer going around. There is a photograph of me talking to Albert Brooks and Marina. Two of us were talking. Marina's not saying a word. Uh, I think she was. I think she had an edible. I was chattering but in a really good way i couldn't believe i was talking to albert brooks he was nothing but kind and nice and him and rob ryan they look great i think they're 70 rob ryan lost a lot of weight he looks good albert brooks looked really good too i couldn't believe he was there i couldn't believe i was talking to him and it was at that point i said now i can start drinking because i've really done everything i need to do i mean the fact that i just spoke to rob reiner about spinal tap and albert brooks about comedy uh, what else What else do you need in your lifetime? I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Any, anybody else I meet is all, you know, extra. I, I couldn't even believe it. I was, again, I missed Diane Keaton again. She's like, how could you miss her? She was walking around in a white suit. How could you miss her? I'm like, I don't know. I did not see her again. So I missed her again, but I, I couldn't have cared less. I couldn't have cared less. But there's more. Uh, I talked to Chelsea Peretti for a long time. I hadn't spoken to her in a while. Chelsea Peretti married. Wow. Did she marry correctly? And Jordan Peele? Oh, my goodness. So good for her. You know, we didn't we didn't get along that well before, but now she's kind of changed and different. Got a kid and everything. So it was really nice to talk to her. She's still really pretty. Um, I talked to Doug Benson for a long time because he likes musical theater like I do, and he's got this new girlfriend. I said, "Look, come on, let's go see a show." He always wants to go by himself, but we talked for a while. And Doug loves movies and all that kind of stuff. It was great to see him too. Oh, and the first person I met at night was Pete Holmes. I saw Pete Holmes with uh, Steve Agee. I was with Steve Agee, who, if you saw Crashing, uh, Steve Agee was the other roommate. So Pete Holmes was like, "Look, it's uh, it's Sarah's roommates." You know, like we were just there. And then I told him about like I, I where we messed up because that apartment didn't have a piano. So I told him about that. I don't think he understood at all, which was really sad. But but I told it to him, which was really funny. But it was great to see him. And he's a nice guy. And um, him and his uh, wife. And I congratulated them because they not only did I hadn't seen him since he got married, but they also had a baby, which I forgot. And then, if, oh, and you know who else was there? I'm sorry, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, of course. I didn't uh, see him this time, but Iona Sky was there. I saw her for a little. I think that's the girl from, uh, uh, not the sure thing, the uh, 
say anything. She looked great. She looked amazing. Why are these people there? Nobody knows. But everybody was there. Because if if you're anybody, you're going to be at that party. And so then Adam Schlesinger, of course, was there, our buddy, who uh, made the Monkees album and was with Fountains of Wayne. So he was there with his girlfriend, who I know. And uh, we have another friend, or me and Sarah had a friend for years named Will Schwartz, who was in this band called Imperial Teen years ago in the 90s. And then he was in a couple of other incarnations. And I've known him for years, since NYU days, you know, when, when Sarah was in NYU. Like, we've all known each other. Great kid. And then I said to Adam, I'm like, do you know Will? And he goes, no, but we toured together in the 90s. I guess Fountains uh, Imperial Teen opened for Fountains of Wayne. So I reintroduced those guys, which was really funny when, you know, I'm doing reintroducing to anybody. It's like that time I introduced John Bon Jovi to uh, Amy Schumer or whatever. I'm like, what am I doing? But this is what I do. This is what I do. So then, and I'm saving the uh, this unbelievable for uh, last because this this is the miracle. This is unbelievable. So the party's kind of clearing out a little bit. And who shows up but Johnny Galecki from The Big Bang Theory? Now, you may remember when I was on the set of The Big Bang Theory, I was asked to move as the only person in the audience because I was in Johnny Galecki's sight line for his five-second scene he was doing with Christine Baranski. So I went up to this guy. Now I'm all fully drunk. (laughs) And I say... You don't remember me, do you? <laughs> like Kramer. <laughs> oh, you don't remember me, do you? <laughs> like with Keith Hernandez. And he goes, no. And I go, well, let me refresh your memory. June 14th, 1986. I mean, I was pretty much doing that. I'm like, April 3rd, 2019. I was sitting in your audience and I told him the whole story. He goes, dude, I swear to God, I would never tell anybody to do that. I'm like, What? Well, then who's, who's responsible for that? He goes, I swear to God it wasn't me. I've never asked anyone to do that. I knew the scene wasn't that big a deal, and I just, I guarantee I did not. I was like, I was the only person sitting here. And he gave me this huge hug. He's like, I'm sorry. I swear to God. And I, I had nothing to do with that. I swear. And I'm like, I, I, I believe you. I believe you. He, he was so sweet. It was so nice. And I was like, I'm, uh, it was just weird because I was the only guy. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever been asked to move. I was the only person sitting there. I'm like, this guy can't act for Tuesday. He goes, I'm so sorry. And then we kept toasting and hugging. We, were, we, we became best friends. And then he told me what he was doing. I said, I t- told him the guy who bought me into the show. He goes, oh, I'm working with that guy in my new project and doing a new Netflix thing on this song from My Chemical Romance. And I said, the Black Parade? He goes, Yes. We're doing something, something, I don't know what he was doing with it, but I, and then I start singing it. I know that song by heart for some reason. I go, you mean the one that goes, when I was a young boy, my father took me into the city. So when I, when he saw me do that, then we were just drinking, doing shots and hugging. He was like, dude, this is awesome. I can't believe you know it. And yeah, we're going to do this big thing. And we just had the best time. Until he ran into this girl who I do not know named Regina Spector, who apparently is this big musician that I just don't know. But then everybody got mad at me for not knowing her. And then he really wanted to talk to her because I think he's really into anybody that's a musician. That's his new thing. But I, how can you even believe that that all turned around from the day that I told you that story in April that I was so angry at that guy and now I have to put out an apology? This kid's okay. This Johnny Galecki's all right. 
He was very nice. He was fun. He was kind. The whole cast of Big Bang Theory there. That uh, the blonde hair girl, Ricky uh, Linden, you or whatever, uh, Roger's old girlfriend, you know, because they're a team, Garfunkel and Oates. Uh, uh, Brian Posehn, I talked to for a long time. He plays the geologist, the Big Bang Theory. I was, I uh, couldn't have been more thrilled. That Johnny Galecki thing was the best. So then by that time, I'm like, this is the best party of all time ever. I called my niece, Dory. I, I called her at five in the morning. I'm like, you are not going to believe. I just did a trifecta of all your heroes within an hour span. The director of The Princess Bride, the voice of the of Finding Nemo's father, and... Leonard from the Big Bang Theory. And she's like, get out. I just hit the Dory trifecta of people. I mean, that's, that's when you put it that way, it's a goddamn miracle. The whole thing's unbelievable. I can't believe it happened to me. This kind of stuff happens to me on a daily basis. It kind of does. Boy, that's some story. And then we go downstairs, and, you know, we always have the after party. Oh, and then, you know, I saw Amy Yazbek, which is John Ritter's wife, you know, and, and finally she gave me her number. I've been waiting because she's very pretty and cool, and she comes to New York once a year. So we're going to hang out. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Where's that Bond thing again? <laughs> yeah, uh, probably not, but... Uh, Whatever, she's so nice. And uh, so we always go down like uh, like seven of us just to her apartment to hang out. And this time it was me and this girl, Regina, and her husband, and Tiffany Haddish. Again, I keep running into this girl. I can't, there's nothing I can do about it. And I told her, you know, I was at, you know, we knew each other from Jeff Ross's house last time. And I said, you know, I've been looking for your song online. It was very addictive. And she goes, oh, it's not available anywhere. And then she played it again because it was, I love that song. And then we just uh, all hung out, got the, the people that have that pot bar at the thing, um, they uh, they just left a whole bunch of weed. And then I was like, okay, now I can smoke because, you know, I couldn't do it before. Now I'm ready. And we just had so much fun and we were laughing hard. It was such a good time. And uh, I don't know. Then, you know, I had my after show my after dinner beer i had it waiting i said do you have my after party beer ready and she goes yes i do everything was great and then it's just me and sarah at the end it's always just me and sarah and then we thought you know we break down the party here's who's we here who was here you know and i in fact i, I told todd barry i'd drive him home along with this girl uh stephanie zambari i told him i'd drive him home but todd saw me drinking so he gets nervous i mean you know last year when i was supposed to drive uh, that girl, uh, I can tell you what it is, Jackie Tone, uh, home uh, last year from Glow. Um, I couldn't do it. Too too drunk. But this year I felt good, and I could have, but, uh, you know, he and the, the kids, they, they don't understand. So uh, so I just hung out a little bit at Sarah's, and then I went home in the best mood anybody could ever be in, uh, you know, <laughs> dying to call my niece at five in the morning, you know, like, ah, wake up, dying to tell anybody, but it's like five in the morning now. You know, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to celebrate at Del Taco. And then it was closed. Oh man, was I furious, but that's all right. I was eating in the car at the end. I'm like, what a night. What a, what a night. Let's do the podcast now. I mean, it's, it's, it's impossible 
I had like all week. I was just like, all this stuff's happened. I'm like writing it down. I'm like, come on. I can't top anything that just happened that night. The Johnny Galecki thing alone. And then you backtrack and you go with Albert Brooks and Rob Reiner. Can't get the hell out of here. Are you kidding me? That just doesn't happen to normal people. How did I have a job all this time? Because remember, it would be like that and then going back to my job the next day and being like, so what did you do over the weekend? Oh, I was talking to uh, you know Rob Reiner, the director of Spinal Tap, and I said, you know, in scene 41, where you had, I mean, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. I mean, I know I didn't see Diakim, but, you know, the day that I do see her, I'm going to be like, you know, like I, I would have gone to work the next, you know, that next Tuesday or something and then been like, how was your weekend? I'm like, it was amazing. I saw Diane Keaton and I said, in any hall, let me ask you a question. In that scene where you're playing tennis, with, I mean, this is unbelievable to have this kind of access. It's a miracle. And if everybody's drinking and getting high, then why can't you bring up whatever the fuck you want, right? I mean, Jesus Christ, I still can't, I still can't believe it. And what are the, Yeah. I, I went through every. I wrote down everybody so I would remember. I just, I, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, right? I don't know what to. I, I don't know how to follow. I mean, I can follow it. You know, I mean, I was out there for two more days, but I mean, oh, I just really wanted to leave. I should have just left on Sunday, like Marina did, and just been like, yeah, that was totally worth it. There's nothing he can say. It's ridiculous. And then the next day, I went. Uh, I went out with Jeff uh, for lunch uh, with his girlfriend and this other girl. And then I had major diarrhea. I mean, it was just I deserved it again. Um, but that was all right. I went home. I showered. <laughs> and then I had a show. Esther Koo was kind enough to put me on a show at this bar on Hollywood Boulevard called The Pig and Whistle. So I actually was able to do a show. Meanwhile, we went on an hour and a half in, so the crowd was not having it. Uh, but it was fun. And uh, then I left there, and I went to the comedy store because Jeff was there. And that day when I was at Jeff's house, before we went to lunch, I know he's working on the Alec Baldwin roast, which I think is taping maybe tomorrow. Uh, it, I know it was early September. And I told that kid, Elon, I'm like, hey, why don't you send some jokes over this way and I'll give them to Jeff if he likes them. And I don't think he liked that many, but then he did like one because he did it at the comedy store that night. I was so happy for him. I texted Elon. I'm like, you're not going to believe this. He did one of the jokes because Jeff tries out the jokes at the comedy store. It's so much fun to watch him do. He just reads off the phone and the crowd was loving it. And Jeff's like, you really think they liked it? I'm like, they loved it. It was great. It's so exciting watching the jokes before they happen. He goes, well, don't, t-, you know, he's telling the audience, don't tell anybody. I mean, people love that kind of shit. If you're in the ground floor like that, and then you see the rows like, oh, I saw him practice that the first day. I mean, that's exciting. It's great going to the comedy store with Jeff because Jeff is the king of the comedy store. He's the king. More to follow the next day. So let's see. So then it goes to Monday, right? So Sunday is just a kind of a cool down. So, so, sun, so Monday, Monday. Duh. You want to talk about diarrhea? Mon- the problem is with LA is that you're always meeting people. And the problem is now being out of work, I'm always meeting people for lunch or dinner or something like that, but it's more less so here in town. But when you're away with people that you want to see, you don't see you very often. You're always meeting for coffee or lunch or dinner or some meals. 
I think on Monday, I might have had five meals. Uh, I'll go over it now so I can count it. I opened with seeing Jessica Pilot, who I really wasn't talking to, but she was out there. I'm like, oh, let me meet the kid. I, I was very upset with her lately. Um, I know she's been going through a tough time with her grandmother, but I've been going through a tough time too, and she really hasn't been there for me either, and, I, and, that, and that bothers me a little bit. But I know she's crazy, so I figure I'll meet with her, and I go to this place called Little Dom's, and I sit in this booth that I said, I was like, oh, last time I was here, I sat here with Dino Stamatopoulos, and then well, lo and behold, he's got a plaque. That's his booth, Dino. So I texted him, I'm sitting in your booth, and he goes, hey, do you want to do my podcast tomorrow? And I'm like, oh, I got to leave tomorrow. It figures, and uh, I don't even know what podcast he does, but I'd love to do anything he does. It'll be fun. So I think I might go back there for Halloween. Anyway, we go to this place, Little Dom's, an Italian place, and I have three meatballs, a pizza, and an arugula, arugula salad and an iced tea. And it was pretty good, but it was like a little too much to start the day, but, you know, whatever. And I think I had had, like, the night before, that's right, like hours before that, around 5 in the morning, and I got home again ate six Del Tacos, tacos and stuff. So I was not hungry, but I was eating anyway. You know, that kind of thing. And the wait, so they bring the check. And this is, remember that last time I went out with that girl and I took a look at the check, thank God, and I noticed something. I was just taking a look at it. And you know what they got out there? I'm paying for the wait staff health benefits. They say $2 has been added for the wait staff's health benefits. And I'm like, What? And they said, you can take this off if you want to. And I immediately called the guy over. I'm like, yeah, I want to take this off. Fuck these guys. I don't have health insurance. Well, I'm paying for somebody else's health insurance. Are you fucking kidding me? And I don't want to be that guy, but you got to be kidding me. I don't have health insurance. I can't be paying for somebody else's. And just like, no, don't do that. I'm like, fine. I won't, but I really wanted to. I didn't want to be a dick, but I shouldn't be paying for other people's health benefits when I don't have any health insurance. Right? I mean, that seems fair to me. If I have health insurance, it's a completely other story. It's still weird that that's a thing in California that you're paying extra to pay the staff's health benefits. But uh, it's an okay thing. I guess it's weird. It's only two bucks. But I want to take it off from the principle that I don't have health insurance. I'll I'll come back in November. I'll pay you the $2. But otherwise, take that shit off. I can't believe it. I was looking at the thing. I, I want to see the way it's worded. I I, I kept the receipt and I, I forgot to bring it with me. And I don't feel like getting it because it's just going to bother me again. Two bucks. But if you're not on health insurance, which is frightening and shit, especially the way I'm eating, probably going to die tomorrow. I'm paying for somebody else's health benefits. Are you kidding? That's the way California works. What a strange place that is. Anyway, then I go, I was supposed to meet Rick Newman, the owner and proprietor and originator of Catch a Rising Star and the greatness that uh, uh, of the housing of comedians that that did in the 70s and 80s and uh, what a mentor he's been to me, such a lovely person and we met for coffee at three o'clock and I just, you know, I just drove and I parked in the car, talked on the phone, just waited till three o'clock and we met for coffee and I had coffee, I had a cappuccino, we had a great time, we talked for two hours I told him everything. He told me what he was doing. He's planning maybe a documentary on Catch, which they should do because it's amazing. And that was the best time ever. And that's uh, where me and William like became closer because he was the manager. And then that girl from Soul Cycle was working there. I mean, I'm still my friend Katie. I was friends with everybody. That was the new Catch. 
I mean, we're talking about the old catch when he was managing Pat Benatar and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he's got the stories. And you can see him in, you know, all those uh, the young comedian specials and everything. You know, he was there. He was the man then. To me, he's still the man now. He looks good. Uh, you know, he's li- living in L.A. It's weird. He's like, yeah, well, I think my wife wants to move back. You know, and he married a waitress, so he totally understood, you know, you know what I'm talking about. So then I'm like, now now what do I do? I call Sarah and I'm like, come on, I got nothing to nothing to do. Can I come by? She's like, well, I'm going to I'm going to eat with my nieces and my dad. And I was like, there's no reason you can't come. And I'm like, good. And like, we're going to Chipotle. And I'm like, Chipotle. Oh, I haven't been there since I got fired. And that was like one of my favorite places to go. But it's filling. You know, you get a burrito bowl. I'm like, well, you know what? I'll just get a taco. Obviously, I'm ridiculously full. I'll just get a taco. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll get the burrito bowl because I don't want to eat in front of those, all those people with my hands. I'll get a burrito bowl, but I get salad instead of rice. And then who am I kidding? I got, the, I got the rice and the burrito. I got everything. I ate the whole goddamn thing. I'm an idiot. And I had a soda. Now I'm just looking for trouble. I mean, I'm just looking for trouble. Now I've had two, three meals in the past like 12 hours, three big meals and a coffee. You know, it must be out of my mind, but I wasn't I'm still feeling fine. And we hung out with her, her dad and the nieces, you know, who, who were from Israel. It's so funny. Her middle niece, uh, they're staying at their grandfather's. Uh, they live out there. And this is Sarah's, you know, the rabbi's kids that live in Israel. They live in Israel now. And uh, she comes back. She's telling a story how she went to a party and came back home at like 7 in the morning and uh, we're like, what? How'd you find a party? What? You know, who goes to their grandparents and goes partying like that? And I mean, this cool, this kid is cool. But then, you know, we're also kind of like lecturing her. But, and then we're like, how'd you find a party? She goes, well, it was a guy I served with in the IDF. And then, and then we all shut up. I forgot that she was in the army. You know, they're all in the army in Israel. So then you're like, you know, if you put it that way, that's the exact right thing to say to, to tell everybody to shut up. Oh, I'm sorry. Have you been in the army? No. Yeah, so see you later. So that's, yeah, that's pretty cool, right? I should just say that anyway. No, that'd be rude, right? That's a guy I served with in the uh, thing. We, we used to eat a lot when we were in the Army, and that's why it's okay. No, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. So then we went to Largo, where Todd Barry was having a show, and Sarah was on the show. Now, I don't know if you've heard of Largo. I've talked about it before, but Howard Stern, it's on the, all the time. They make fun of it all the time, that it's the place to be Largo, darling. So he went there, and Todd had his show, and, and they have this guy on. I don't know what his name is. And they're like, oh, you're going to love this guy. His name's Andrew Hamburger or something. It's a character he does. A character. You're going to love this. Just guy. Just You got to see. Todd's telling me. Sarah's telling me. The guy who owns the place, Flanagan, who is the greatest guy, Um, he's telling me. You're going to love this guy. You're going to love this guy. I see this guy, and I'm like, I don't understand what the fuck is going on. I'm telling you. I don't know this LA mentality. I don't know whether I can make it there. I feel like I could because I can just do stupid characters and people are like, oh my God, he's amazing. I mean, it's weird. The guy's doing a character. I don't know what he's talking about. He's telling these horrible knock-knock jokes. And then he sings this song and I'm like, what, what, what? Did I miss something? Was he off tonight? They're like, no, no, that's what he does. I'm like, you guys are kidding, right? If I put him on at the comedy cellar, they they eat him alive. I, I don't know. You know, it's a different crowd. It's a different crowd. That crowd is comedy fans. The crowd at Largo is comedy fans. They're fans. They can't wait. 
com- the crowd at the comedy cellar is like, you better make me laugh, jerk offs. I just paid money for this. The other, the LA is completely different. So you have a chance you can do some weird shit. And that's what it was. And those guys have been out in LA way too long. Because that was too strange. Like where it wasn't, I'm like, I don't get the gag. I mean, the guy couldn't have been any nicer, but it was just weird. But this guy Flanagan, he's, he's amazing. He's kind of like me, but he's, you know, above where he's like, yeah, so, you know, Larry David and I went to New York and then we started going to see some jazz together. You know, like he, he hangs out with every, he knows everybody and he knows all this stuff. He's really smart and he's really cool. And I, I think he went to Harvard and he owns this, you know, place, which is now legendary where everybody comes to play. And I was talking about maybe doing the Godfather out there. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. I just don't know if I can put it together anymore. I don't have any uh, faith in myself in that. But anyway, then me, Todd and Sarah went to Swingers, which is a diner uh, in L.A. on like Santa Monica Boulevard. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to eat again. So I went and I had pancakes and a chocolate milk. And I didn't eat the whole thing, but I was just like, uh, I am just stuffing it in now as if I'm in an eating contest. What is that? My fourth meal now, right? And I'm like, what am I doing? But I still feel pretty good. I'm just like, I, I don't know what else everybody wants to go to. I don't want to miss out. Like, oh, let's go eat. I'm like, oh, all right. So we're in the car and I'm driving Sarah and Todd back to their respective one hotel or house. And Jeff Ross texts me and he goes, do you want to eat? And Sarah saw it. And I'm like, oh, my God. And she goes, oh. And then David Tell comes off the plane. I didn't know he was coming out to California. He goes, do you want to get something to eat? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Today's the day. Whatever day this is, mark it down, I'm going to die. I can't, I can't not say no, and I can't go to where and not order anything. It's awkward. I'm just going to have to eat small portions. So I go to meet Jeff at the Comedy Cellar, and it, it was so funny. I just, you know, you can pull into the park if you're Jeff. You can park in the parking lot where the employees park, or maybe the real big celebrities. So he's just, yeah, just pull into the parking lot. And I pulled in, and this guy immediately took my keys and parked. Oh, you're a friend of Jeff's. It's cool. And then I went into Jeff's car, and he's got a Tesla, and we just got high in the car, and we were laughing. Because everybody's just coming out, you know. You re- the comedy store is very interesting. It's it's like the comedy cellar where it's the place to hang, but it's like there's so much space to hang. It's all outdoors. Everybody's just hanging out outside. Young comics, new comics, old comics. Oh, I met Gallagher <laughs> the night before. Gallagher, the watermelon guy, and he's got some. He wouldn't come in, and I was like, good, because he wasn't even funny. Because I guess his grandson was with him, and Jeff goes, "What is this, Gallagher three? He didn't even laugh. So that was hilarious. I meant to tell you guys that. <clears throat> and then, um, so we're just sitting in the car. We're getting high. We're calling people over and just talking in the car like we're from the 1950s. Hey, what are you guys doing? You know, I mean, it was great because Jeff's the king. So he's just sitting in his car getting high and everybody just comes over to kiss his ring pretty much. It's awesome. And we're just having a good time. I was like, uh, like, uh, that guy from Scarface, like, oh, a big man, huh? You want to do cocaine? You know about cocaine? F. Murray Abraham sitting in the car with that guy, just laughing and hanging out, but we weren't doing coke. We were just getting high. And then Jeff, on those Teslas, you can draw on the dashboard. So he drew a swastika, and then we were just laughing because he goes, hey, I think I'm going to valet the car <laughs> with the swastika. <laughs> we were laughing so hard. And then everybody that came over, we just didn't say it. We're like, hey, how you doing? And they'd be like, well, we're doing, whoa, 
and they saw the swastika that was on there. It was really funny. Can you imagine valet in the car and just leaving that up there? Oh, that was the best time. We were just waiting for Dave to show up, and then he did way late, and then the guys were like, hey, we're going to go, because uh, who's in town uh, from Skankfest? Uh, Legion of Skanks, uh, you know, can't, ah, not Kurt Metzger. I mean, Kurt was obviously there, but uh, Jay Okerson. Uh, so he was in town, too, and this guy Mike from the Comedy Cellar. They're like, hey, all the New York guys are going to go to Cantor's, you know, which is like a deli that's open 24 hours. And they went over there and like, oh, we'll meet you over there because Dave wanted to hang out at the store some more so, you know, so he can hang out and get his accolades because people worship him there as they do Jeff, even though Jeff's the king. But Jeff went home because he's got a dog now and he was like, ah, the dog's long, I'm going to go home. And Dave's like, do you want to go to Canners and meet those guys? I'm like, oh, okay. Because I wanted to hang out with Dave some more, but um, I just didn't want to eat anymore. And I knew I was going to eat if I went there, but thank God they were closed. They closed it too. The other guys were eating already, so we just went to say hello. So it was closed, and then we left. And I'm like, that was perfect. Dave got a couple of iced coffees for himself, sent over some cupcakes, and we were on our way. And then he goes, oh, let's go to Mel's Diner, Mel's Drive-In. And I'm like, oh, there's no way to get out of this eating again. What is that, my fifth meal? Is that my fifth meal? So this time I had a grilled cheese. And, and an iced tea. I mean, this is sick, right? It's sick. I mean, if I put the times and the... I mean, I thank God I'm not doing a calorie counter. And it was the worst grilled cheese I ever had. But it didn't matter. It was just the fact of just being there. And it was kind of a fun diner. And it was just good talking to Dave. And we were having a good time. And it's just fun being in L.A. with your New York friends. You know, being somewhere else. It's exciting. And then I drove Dave to his hotel. He's like, yeah, you want to get out and we'll just talk a little bit? I'm like, Dave, it's four in the morning. I got, I, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. Plus, where I'm staying in Pasadena is one of those alternate side of the street parking like it's in New York where every the first and third Tuesday of the month, you can't park on the street. This was Monday night, which means I had to search for parking for a long Like I knew this was going to happen. And I'm like, oh. I got to go home because I don't even think I don't I think I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. There's no way <laughs> I'm going to make it. But it wasn't diarrhea. It was, just, it was just, you know, it was time. Oh, nobody can eat that much and, and, and still just be normal. So I had to drive around. I finally found a space and then I had to walk like, I don't know, five or six minutes to the house. Oh, my God. By the time I got home, I know it was 5 o'clock because I, I called my sister. It was 4.30. I got home at 4.30 because I called Rachel because Rachel called me at 7.30 because she was in um, what is, what is a place in Boston everybody goes uh, for vacation, you know, Cape Cod or something like that, uh, Martha's Vineyard. And she called me and we talked for a while. And then, my, and then I called my sister because it was 8 o'clock in the morning over there. And I'm like, yeah, you're not going to believe what I did today. I told my eating stuff. She's like, well, that's amazing. And then I told her the other stuff. And yeah, I think I went to bed finally around six o'clock. And, uh, you know, and then I, I was going home that day. So then because of the, even though I didn't drink, I didn't, you know, I didn't do it. I, I still forgot where I parked my car. I'm usually really good, but I didn't even, I was like, I, I, when I was looking for it the next day, I'm like, I didn't even have anything to drink. How can I not know where it is? I still don't know my way around there. 
But then, yeah, and then I just stayed home until I, you know, my flight wasn't until 9 o'clock, and I'm always like, well, maybe I'll schedule something, maybe I'll do this, because I was supposed to go to David Spade's new show at Comedy Central, because that's what Dave Attell was out there for, to do it, and I just couldn't make it. I was dead. I was dead. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to leave here at 6 o'clock and just go to the airport. I'm done. I've had a time. I've had an interesting time. Saturday alone was good enough. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need any more celebrity sightings or fun because I think I've had all the fun anyone can have. I'm done. And uh, I mean, I was even done because I, I was fortunate to get home home because uh, uh, Gabriel Noel was able to uh, write down the chords for me so I could sing the, uh, the Bugs Bunny song. Where are you going? A gone away. And tell the crew. Well, if it's the captain's mess. Well, if it's the captain's mess. Let him clean it up. Let the rabbits at the flame. Let's cut his ears off. Hey, fellas, we land tomorrow. Here's your lucky rabbit with good news. We land tomorrow. He gave me the chords so I can buy a ukulele. Columbus is the discoverer of America, as we see in 1492. And the good queen Isabella gave jewels to her fella, so Columbus could go across the ocean blue. See you tomorrow! <laughs> that was a nice thing to come home to, and I couldn't wait to come home. And then I saw my... My friend at the airport, and I, 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 I took the train, and I walked all the way from Penn Station to my house because I was happy to be home. And then I slept for 20 hours because I don't think I was sleeping at all or maybe, you know, the, those ridiculous eating habits. Oh, I don't know what happened, but I know I had an okay time. I mean, I was miserable the first couple days, but then it really did pick up, didn't it? Yes, I believe it did. And now, we move on. Why? Why Thunder Island? Who knows? I don't know. I think I saw it on a Family Guy episode, and I relived it, or re, uh, what do you call it, reinvested it. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Anyway, the important thing is, that is our podcast for today. I don't think I've forgotten anything. I mean, I don't know how I could have. I don't know whether, I mean, I should have just gone, I should have just opened with the uh, party on Saturday, but that would have spoiled the uh, suspense, I believe, don't you think? And I mean, what a party that was. I mean, what, can you even, what? The Johnny Galecki thing, what? I mean, it's, it really is quite unbelievable, isn't it? So that's the life I was leading up until this new season of the Nightfly comes out, and uh, as we start September, we get into the Jewish holidays and football and Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and as you know, we always say, it all goes so fast. You know it does. I mean, here we are on September 3rd, and by the time we know it, it will be between Thanksgiving and Christmas again. It does happen so fast, right? You know it does. These are the good times. Anytime after January stinks. It stinks, I tell you. It stinks on ice. Anyway, we got a couple of good podcasts coming up for you. And, uh, you know, usually if we have guests, we'll intersperse with uh, just you and me. Because those are our favorite ones. So, as long as I don't keep eating with that ridiculous... Can you even believe that eating story? 
how am I alive? So we don't know how much longer the podcast will last in that sense. But I'm going to say I'm good until at least the first day of 2020, and then we'll we'll see what happens again after that. But uh, for now, this is Dave Juskow. I am the Nightfly, and I'm signing off. And I hope everybody has the best fall they can have and a wonderful September going into October. And welcome to the fall season of everybody's favorite, the Nightfly. We'll see you later, everybody. Have a great September. In the sun with your dress